Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Found Down Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson. And today I'm so excited. I have an old colleague on the on the phone, on the on the on the episode, Kelsey Ferguson. She was a IC nurse uh, colleague for a long time and then has transitioned over to working in a rural hospital. So she was doing like academic medical center and now is over in a rural hospital living in a beautiful location in Leavenworth, Washington. Are you in one? Mm-hmm. Still Leavenworth, right? Close to Leavenworth, Peshaston. <laughs> okay, right, okay, right. And um, she also was such a badass in terms of athlete. She did some crazy bike ride from the from Canada to Mexico. I don't know if we'll get to talk about that at all, but that just always blew my mind. Just super <laughs> badass. I don't know what it is about IC nurses and their love of badassery, but... Um, I just want to say we welcome to the show and how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank goodness. I'm not currently intubated. I say that because I recently had about with COVID, everyone's best friend, which we'll probably talk about later. But yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling fine. Happy to be here. Oh my God. I, did you guys just hear that? She's so you are you currently you're are you still positive of with COVID you think or do you well I mean under quarantine PR on me it did test positive but um my I never had a fever never had respiratory symptoms and my symptoms have only improved so the powers that be have determined I'm not infectious I went back to work on Monday um and I only have just some lingering symptoms had a pretty mild course it's just you know, it's, I'm like, it's inside me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of spooky. Yeah, yeah. it's spooky. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. And I asked you how you think you got it and work oh for sure. God. I mean, as much as anyone can know. And, and I'm not blaming my workplace. Like, I think they did a good job providing us with PPE, but um, I have been working a lot in our sort of COVID isolation zone. I had worked only there for my shifts in the two weeks leading up to when my symptoms started. And I only live with cats <laughs> at my house. And um, 
had very, very little contact with other people who all tested negative. So I'm pretty certain I got it at work. That's a lot to digest. Yeah. Was it hard for you to, to, to swallow that? Yeah. You know, like I had been pretty sanguine about the risk of exposure, like prior to getting it, like as anyone would. Um, yeah. It had been, so I had recently, recently, it seems like recently, cause it was just March. Um, <laughs> last winter, I accepted a job in case management. So still a nurse, still in the hospital, not on the floor. Um, kind of time for a little bit of a change up for various reasons. Initially when the pandemic hit, I volunteered to stay on the floor things were going south. I didn't want to like abandon my coworkers. Like I'm a person yeah. that has the skills. I can take care of those patients, whether they're in the ICU or on PCU. And I felt a duty to stay put. And so I stayed for two schedule periods, which what's that like three months? Um, oh. and then I got to go to my job in case management. It was there for two weeks, two weeks. And then I got what they're calling reallocated back to the floor. So did not have a choice, was sent back to my unit. Um, and I was okay with that too. Again, like I have the skills, I can do it. If I'm what they need, that's fine. But I got a little pissier about that when I got COVID. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit. We, yeah. that's, I think all of us, when we've taken care of those patients have been worried in the back of our minds, like, are we going to get it? Are we, or are we going to bring it home or whatever? Um, and you hope that the right, um, protocols are in place and people are adhering to all of that. But you said this actually before we got started is like, not everybody's going to do it perfectly a hundred percent of the time. Yep. Yeah. You got to rely upon both yourself to be perfect every time and everybody else who is coming in and out of those rooms and maybe touching something in the hall or touching something in the break room. Cause you know, like Cam talked about this, about eating at work, you know, and like, what do you do? How many times are you going to wash your hands in the course of a meal? What are you going to touch? Who are you going to sit next to? Like it, it's fraught and to preserve one's mental health. Like I am careful, but not like psychotic about it because yeah. you, you just can't. So who knows, but I have recovered and I'm feeling fine. So just going to hope I'm immune for a couple months and <laughs> go from there. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, um, I'm glad that you didn't get super sick and <laughs> this is fucked up, but when we, this is behind the scenes, when we had a little bit of technical, like, whoop, whoop, like trying to connect with this call, I was like, oh my God, I hope she's like not like in the, in the ICU, like intubated on a ventilator. <laughs> and that's why we can't like, connect. Kelsey? Kelsey? I can't Kelsey. get you. Oh no. Luckily we know enough people in common. You could probably figure out if I was dying. I know. I was like, God, did she take a turn for the worse? I was like, no, no, that's the... That's the nurse in me. That's the fucked up ICU nurse in me, I think. No, I was waiting. Like, I mean, I'm taking care of these people, so I know what happens. So, like, I hit day seven, and I'm like, time to take a turn. 
time to take a turn, like day seven of 14, what's going to happen? Am I going to drop dead of a PE? Like, am I going to have a stroke? I took a baby aspirin every day as my like little prophylaxis. My dad's okay. He's a doctor. <laughs> oh, well, oh, wow. So were you in contact with your dad a lot and like just? A little bit. I mean, just kind of like talking it through because it feels good to do that. You know, I did yeah. tell a couple of coworkers. I'm little, I'll be easy to prone. All I ask of you is you put chapstick on my lips, real chapstick, not that mouth moisturizer, because that stuff is terrible. It doesn't do anything. Give me some real chapstick um, and don't let anyone I don't know or like, or maybe the people I don't know do my peri care. Like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we'll take care of you. I was like, okay. I know, it's like Mandy talked about, like, oh, I'm going to be ass up and. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Well, thank God. Thank God yeah. you're totally fine. And I'm so, I'm so grateful. Just mad at our federal government for their response. Yeah. Like, COVID, if they did a better job, just saying, vote. Yeah, vote. Yep. Yeah, vote your conscience. Vote. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's important. It's an important message. We're less than 60 days away. Um, okay, I wanted to talk about so you, you graduated nursing school in 2010. Mm-hmm. You went, became a new grad, started in the ICU, which can be, can be done. Some people are like, you can't do that. But, you know, totally can be done. I did it. You did it. Yeah, I um, it. You know, um, but so then you were raised in this academic medical center. And then you recently, well, not recently now, what? Like six years ago. Damn it. Is it that? Oh my God. I haven't seen you in that long. Yeah. Um, you moved to Leavenworth for like work, work-life balance and um, started working in a rural hospital there. Yeah. Do you, what was that experience like? There's, I mean, there's been a lot of positive things and some things that I very much miss about academic medicine. Um, I had been living part-time in Leavenworth and then commuting over to Seattle for my shifts when I worked on Five East. Um, And it was frustrating to feel like I lived both places but nowhere. So it was hard to establish a social group, you know, Um, because no one knew where I would be and if I'd be in town. And so that's been a a really big bonus to actually live in the same place that I work. I really liked practicing nursing at the U. Like it was phenomenal. Um, I grew up as a baby nurse, of course, on Five East in the ICU. Um, and immediately it was like, this is my place. These are my people. Like this, this, this is what I wanted. Um, and I loved like, I forget who someone was saying, like, if I don't know the answer, someone in this hospital knows the answer. Someone in this hospital can do it. Like. That was the feeling, both like large scale and small scale of working at an academic medical center, because you could always find someone, you could always get help, you could always get equipment, you could get what you needed by like sticking your head out the door and being like, hey, coworker who's right there at the substation, help me out. Um, So I moved over to a smaller hospital and I moved to floor nursing for my CU nursing because they had a good manager and a day shift job. And I will never work nights again. 
not for me. It's not for me. It's for some people. And they are amazing. Mm-hmm. I will not. I was a zombie. Kudos. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to those um, people that like to work nights. It's also wrecked, wreaked havoc on my body. And oh my God. it's insane. Yeah. So it wasn't for you. So you were able to get a day shift position and having a good manager that it's huge. It's huge. It's oh, Kelly and Carrie. I miss them all the time. Oh, Kelly might be listening. Maybe even Carrie. Oh, hi guys. Hi guys. We You're love amazing. You. Will, you, will you come make a five east at my hospital, please? <laughs> <laughs> I do say that if, if the UW was here, I would work there. Right. Um, yeah. So good manager, good, good, fairly good unit culture. Um, it will talk a bit about that. Um, it's sort of devolved. It's not bad, but like it's different now. And like that drift has been an interesting thing to watch and be part of. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so day shift job. Um, it was really hard at first to go to floor nursing from ICU nursing. Um, as an ICU nurse, you are the one in charge of everything that happens to your patient. No one goes in that room. No one does anything to that patient without you knowing or okaying it. Um, that suits me. <laughs> so it was really hard to let go of that control, right? Cause you cannot be an effective floor nurse with that mindset. You are not going to get anything done. You are not going to get any breaks. You are not going to urinate ever. Right. And you're oh, going to be totally. <laughs> yeah. So learning to trust other members of the healthcare team, learning to like, do your assessment in a different way. Like you're going to be as complete eventually, but you're maybe not going to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Like you're working things into your care a bit more and, and sh- almost sharpening your assessment skills. I'd say it's, it's harder to catch and do something about a patient who's declining on the floor than it is in the ICU. You can't just go get the hospitalist, man. They might not be there. They're not on a monitor. You have to go find a vital signs cart. You have to take a manual blood pressure. Like, so you gotta be more assertive um, about changes in your patient's condition and sharper at catching it, I think. Yeah, that's so interesting. If you really do have to develop that spidey sense and like, no, um, I was a stat nurse for a while. And I remember thinking like floor nurses, you know, they've got great assessment skills because their patients aren't on monitors, you know, where we see an IC, we're like, oh, their heart rate was 140 and now it's like 120. And now like an hour later, it's 100 or, or whatever it is. Like you can see these, um, just the tiniest little things in front of your eyes. And, but, but you have to be more reliant on your assessment skills that, wow. What do you do when you get in trouble or not you like in trouble or your, you know, your patient's in trouble? Um, usually it's like first calls to the charge nurse. Um, and then, you know, I am much quicker. I mean, I, I don't, I never called an RRT in the ICU. We are the RRT, right? <laughs> but like not being afraid to use that tool. Um, occasionally you'll get some pushback from like the hospitalist or whoever, but like la-di-da, right? Like, okay, the patient didn't die. That's great. 
that's awesome. what we all want, you know? So using those and then coworkers if you can, but like, honestly, it's like you open the door, you look in the hall and it's like, wow, wow, and there's like tumbleweeds rolling past. <laughs> so because everybody has their 5 million things that they're doing for their, are you taking care of five patients or four? Four. Yep. And it, um, do oh, sorry, you go. No, yeah. I was just curious because you're in, I was going to say you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? Like the biggest hospital next closest to you is that Wenatchee? Well, we are Wenatchee. You are I don't Wenatchee. work in Leavenworth. I work down oh. in Oh. Anyone now with a good brain can guess which hospital, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you work at the larger medical yeah. large hospital in the area. So are you sometimes are you like, ooh, ooh, this person shouldn't be at this hospital. They should like be. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm like, do we, we need a train? Do, does this person need to go to the UW? Can this be the <laughs> admin someone's complaining about at the place I used to work, please? <laughs> right. You're like, uh, shoot. Yeah, I am the outside hospital. Right. O-S-H. <laughs> that's funny that's funny um yeah we we feed the whole like canadian border down to us and up up the okanagan valley there and we've been getting patients from ellensburg some of the covid ones like from that zone when yakima was getting kind of overwhelmed so we have a really big catchment area um there's a couple outlying clinics and things but um we we feed a lot of those other smaller hospitals and then often you know if they're sick enough then they'll go to you guys but mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah and you're let me just go back your hospital is not a um obviously like an academic medical center right mm-hmm. so there's there's no re- there's no residents there's no no for good or for ill i mean i know i mean like there's pluses and minuses to that i think they're the Losses might be okay, so maybe you maybe the reason why when we were working or we work in the IC where you're like everything stops with us is because it's an academic medical center yeah. and not always not everybody sorry guys yeah. um, is making the right decisions, right? And so we're sort of the gatekeepers and that's why we have to use our critical thinking and Yeah. Like, I mean like oh. you did this too. You do this too. Like I basically told docs, new docs, baby docs, when to extubate. Yeah. Like if I were a doctor, I would be really pleased with this gas and I would definitely pull that tube. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or, um, normal circumstances, a physician does this. (laughs) This is what I would normally see. The order that I would expect would be. (laughs) And honestly, and I don't actually, I'm not trying to dick, dick on docs. Um, you know, they, they work incredibly hard and spend a lot of time in medical school and yeah. Um, awesome. yeah, yeah, they're awesome. And then you just need really good collaboration. And that's the thing when they're new and I think the trouble lies when they're new and you're new and nobody knows what's going on. Right. Phone a friend, man. Phone a friend. Yeah. But so maybe you could have more trust though, if you're working in a place with experienced physicians yeah, it's it's interesting in both a smaller hospital and a smaller town. Like, I mean, I try not to make enemies as a matter of course, but like 
sometimes your interactions with someone else, a new team are going to be different. If you know, you're going to live in the same town as them for 20 years. Right. And like yes. people have kids going to school together and people know each other's family. And, you know, it's a really small, it ends up being a small Valley. Right. So, Oh, Oh, that's a, you know, that's a Johnson. They've like, no, 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 no. You know, and it's half the time it's someone's relative who comes into the hospital. So it changes your relationship to both like the other staff members and a little bit to the patients. Like, you know, if anyone comes in who's lived here for a long time, who's over 80 or 85, I'll ask them if they knew my grandparents and they probably did. You know, so that's fun. Oh, they'll be like, oh, you're a phallus. Oh, or like I went to school with Peter, who's my uncle who recently retired from anesthesiology. He worked at the hospital, you know, so it, it is practicing medicine in a small town. That is, that's kind of fun. That's yeah. a little bit romantic. Yeah. You know, and like sometimes you'll see, right, like your patients around town and it has a better, like the only time I can remember like seeing someone I took care of at the UW around town, it was a guy who had had an abscess in the side of his neck from shooting, I forget what drug mixed with orange juice. That's a bad idea. Stop it. Yeah, he had this massive abscess. It's crazy. Anyway, I saw him on the Ave, and you just—I <laughs> was like, cross the street, <laughs> like, like that's a UW patient encounter, and like the ones I have here is like, I took care of a patient. He had—it doesn't matter what he had, but um, we figured out we were neighbors in Peshaston, older gentlemen. Um, they were very sweet, and he was like we're going to be picking our peaches in a couple weeks. And you've been such a wonderful nurse. Like, please come by the house and get like a box of peaches. We'll call you when they're ready. So like I went over and got a box of peaches and like met their cats and had a chat with them, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Oh gosh, that connection. I feel like that would keep you going. You're like, Oh, and you know, like you're going through the grocery store and you're like, Oh, I see Mr. So-and-so is uh, still doing fine. And like just yeah. having those connections, we just don't, a lot of times, you know, especially in the ICU setting, people yeah. go and then you never see them. I think probably sometimes on the floor, maybe you see them come back maybe more often. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we have our frequent flyers in different ways, but something I really enjoyed about floor nursing is being able to talk more to my patients. You know, like in ICU, you form relationships often more with a family mm -hmm. to talk more with my patients, to like learn about them as people and to be able to like, I mean, I have gotten pre-COVID times, so many hugs from patients who are discharging, right? Like you've taken care of them for a couple of days. You've maybe taught them some things. They're, they're well enough to leave the hospital and they say thank you and they give you a hug and they don't spit at you or they don't die, you know, like yeah. it's a different form of discharge out on the floor. And I, I've really liked that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, we haven't actually had anybody who's worked in the, on the floor, um, on the show yet. And so <laughs> I think that's an interesting perspective. I think when I think intuitively I knew that my patients would be less um, communicative <laughs> in the ICU, but, and then I realized, yeah, you know, a lot of them are um, on the ventilator and 
and you connect with the families. But it, I think that's why maybe it's so awesome when you we have patients that are doing well enough, then you yeah. can connect. And um, I was just thinking there was this one person I took care of who many years ago, we, so Wazoo and <laughs> UW are ri- rivals. And so we have the Apple Cup every year, either in the, it, in Seattle or in um, Pullman. And so mm-hmm. there's all these, fo- these big football games. And I, there was somebody that I took care of who had, had never really drank alcohol and drank like seven shots in a row and ended up being, falling down some stairs and at the stadium and ended up intubated. Oh. And um, I got to like wake her up and extubate her and, and discharge her because she was doing fine. But, uh, but like, I was just like, you know, you don't really need to drink like that. Like you, <laughs> just having like, or, and just having this like kind of cool conversation with someone and send them on their way, you know, yeah. just is awesome. She wake up and be like, who won? <laughs> that ever came up that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> I had one guy self-extubate after like abdominal surgery he was ready he was like gagging on the tube and 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 he pulls it out and and I the first thing I go is like big cough big cough because that's the first thing any of us ever right like right and then he goes crikey I'm terribly sorry <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Keep breathing. <laughs> like I was just waiting for the resident to like write me orders to extubate. I mean, it was looking fun, yeah. but sometimes funny what people say. Crikey. Crikey. He was British. I love it. <laughs> he apologized. Hey, this is Nicole, and I wanted to share that I'm facilitating a mini self-care retreat put on by the King County Nurses Association on October 24th called Be Here Now. It will include resources on resiliency and will practice gratitude, mindfulness, and self-compassion. Plus, we'll do restorative yoga put on by the fabulous Des Wood from episode four. Go to my website, unwoundretreats.com, where you can find out more. This is a virtual event, so hopefully I'll see you there. This is sort of going back to like COVID times and mm-hmm. you and where you are and stuff. Like, what do you think has been the hardest thing um, during this pandemic as a nurse in 2020? Couple things. I mean, something that is more apparent over on this side of the mountains than yours is it's it's so frustrating and demoralizing to take care of these patients a majority of i think i think i can say that i don't know if it's factually true a seeming majority of whom are um mexican american or central american um we have a really large um, Mexican-American community here uh, in the Wenatchee Valley. And a lot of the agricultural workers um, are bearing the brunt of this illness, right? People who are of lower socioeconomic status, maybe not insured, um, who have cramped living quarters, they are getting sick at higher rates um, than the, the white folks around here. 
but taking care of sick people of right any race or origin from this virus they're terribly sick they're alone their family can't visit them um and then walking watching people walk around not wearing their masks saying the virus isn't real saying it's a political thing you know openly working against us, you know, and to have to go into work every day and take care of these terribly sick people and to watch so many people say it isn't real and that they don't care. And like I had I have one of the workers on my house say that to my face in my own kitchen. And I'm like, sir, I don't think I can talk about this with you without becoming very upset. Can can, can we can we just leave it at that? And like almost started crying. I cry really oh easily these days. This yeah, so that's frustrating. And then like, like anyone not having normal coping, like you can't have your friends over. You can't give someone a hug. Like you can't do the things, some of the things you would normally do to yeah. cope with it. And you still got to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. It really has, it really has changed. Yeah. Changed us. We had this like really awful thing happen at work the other day. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hug somebody so bad. Oh, it's like visceral. It was. It was like my heart was, I can feel it now, you know, like just this immense feeling of like, you need to fucking hug somebody, you know? And yeah, you yeah, can't. Bad. Yeah, I will say I have like broken down and both given and received a couple hugs at work. Like my coworkers who work, in in the ICU and I've been I get floated to the ICU I did so voluntarily at first and now it's involuntarily but it's still fine <laughs> but like my ICU or PCU folks um we we're all swimming in the same soup is a little bit of that thought but like yeah my one of my cats recently died and I've been pretty upset about it and I was talking to a co-worker of mine who's also like an animal person and he gave me a hug and it was like the very best thing that that happened all week you know like and we just like held each other in the hall like 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 on a sinking ship you know and we both very much needed that but you miss the little those human contacts and i'm kind of antisocial, and i really miss that (laughs) yep someone slapped my hand the other day at work Mm -hmm. um, because something went well and i was like but like also like yeah. that was cool and then I, we both probably did like hand to hand hygiene yeah <laughs> and it was like you know skin to skin contact with a stranger but yeah. not a stranger really yeah. but but like this like normal it was a r- reminder of like how normal we used to be in normal times um yeah. i just want to say i'm so sorry you're passing me your kitty cat I'm going to cry on the recording if I talk about it too much, but okay. he was a dear sweet kitty. Um, he was 15 and he was, he was my good bud. Oh, may he rest yeah. in peace. And I'm like, I live alone in a pandemic. And I told the cat not to die during the pandemic. I was like, stinky Pete, you got to make it. You're but not holding your up your end of the bargain, man. I mean, if it's your time, it's your time, but got to get more cats now. Yeah. <laughs> No. Okay. So last question for you maybe is yeah. how are you, how are you trying to take care of yourself or how are you taking care of yourself? 
not super well. (laughs) 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 I've had a couple like house project things, not Corona projects. I would like to say these were planned. One of them was planned beforehand. I'm building a garage. Um, And then I had a leak in my upstairs. And I'm not going to list all the rest of misfortunes in my life because it's, I'm just getting everything bad out of the way at once. So I've done a bad job, really. Um, Haven't been able to exercise as much as I normally would. And that is one of my main avenues of like de-stressing. And I've been spending time like painting instead, which is not as wonderful, but I'm, I've been trying until the smoke rolled in. Well, until I got COVID, um, shoot, I'm going to start fucking COVID. <laughs> the world is ending. Um, I've been going for walks, which is like not quite what I would want to do. I would want to like go for runs or ride my bike a really far ways, but walks are something and like trying to reach out to people more call my mom, call my friend. Um, Cause I think all of us sometimes feel like we're stuck in a little hole and we're all by ourselves and you're not. And that was like one of the best things about one of the best things, the, like the only good thing about getting COVID was that there were so many people who like checked on me, brought me food. Like I took photos through my door of all my friends that came to see me. And like, that was so nice to see and so reassuring to like, okay, that's right. People like me. I have friends. <laughs> they came yeah. to see me. So, like, remembering that and then trying to do the same thing for other people, I think, is has been good for me in the pandemic times. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That warms my heart. I saw a picture on your Instagram of you, of your point of view, of your yeah. bringing your food through your yeah. window. Nick and Katrin, shout out, bringing me good crusty bread that I couldn't taste. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but that's so great. I just want to say uh, thanks so much for being on the show. First of all, I just so good to see your face. I haven't seen you in forever. You too. So I'm like, when the pandemic's over and I can go to Leavenworth, we'll just sit out and have a beer and um, we'll go for a hike. Man, the other thing is uh, I, I hope, Someday I'd love to just talk with you about your crazy story where Oh yeah. Kelsey Brooks. I got some bike stories, man. And I, I gotta say, like, parting no, I love spending my nurse capital of trust out on bike adventures. Like, you tell someone you're a nurse and they're inviting you to their house to stay. And like, I don't feel bad about it at all, man. We work hard. I'm gonna use the public's trust when I'm out there and I need help with like food or a ride. Yeah, I'm a nurse, I won't kill you. I mean not like a serial killer. Not intentionally. Only if you're in comfort care. We don't kill people. That's not right, the deal. Right, right. That's not actually killing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I know people want to give spread their goodwill when you're like out on the road and like doing by like really Kelsey did bike what twenty six hundred miles solo from Canada to Mexico in twenty five. Great divide mountain bike route. It's the best. You shouldn't really all do it, but it's, if it's for you, it's for you. So baller. Someday we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, but any other parting words? No, it's so good to see you too. I miss my five East buddies every day. That's not true. Maybe not every day, (laughs) 
but I really loved working at the U with you and with everybody there. And it's been fun to hear a lot of voices from the past listening to the show. Oh, that's so great. That's so fun. That's, that's great. That keeps me going. So um, thank you so much for being on the show. I wish you continued recovery and success and just, you know, um, all the good things over across the other side of the mountains. Um, thank you. And maybe the smoke will clear soon. Yes. And maybe the smoke will clear and uh, we can all get back to being outside and um, yeah, just wait for the locusts. <laughs> right. I feel like we're in a episode of what, or we're in the end times and revelations or something like that. Oh, for sure, man. No. Okay. One last thing. I keep saying this. I was out riding my bike the other day and this guy is walking toward me with three German shepherds in tight formation on a leash. And I was like, it's the three headed dog guarding the river sticks. We're going to die. <laughs> it gave me pause. You're like, we're there. It's their Paris. <laughs> We've reached it. Yeah. <laughs> we have arrived to this part. Of okay. I'll prophecy. say bye before I think of okay. anything else we would just say. Okay. Bye. So good to see you. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you are listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one.